Hey, cassettes, what's up? Hey. hey. Welcome back to the Black Haze Diaries. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> We're three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Adam. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. Alrighty. Hi. <laughs> Wait. I don't think anyone's ever going to forget, but we're going to keep saying it. Yes. So, I think the moment we forget to say it, people are going to be like, the hell? you guys yeah. need to introduce yourselves. Oh, my gosh. At the beginning of your podcast. I'd be so upset. If that <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> In the summer of 2016, writer and director Makoto Shinkai introduced the world to one of the most beloved anime films of the decade. Yes. Oh, boy. We're, it's did. still anime. That's right. Yeah. In case anybody forgot, yeah. this is the third episode in anime. Yeah, that's right. If you're listening as these episodes come out, you knew that. With several beautiful and successful films under his belt, the animator was already a well-known voice in animation. However, this film would surpass them all commercially, becoming one of the highest-grossing anime films of all time. That film was called Your Name. It's a visual masterpiece from start to finish. It's a heartfelt love story that will reach any generation. Its unique storyline draws in audiences as relatable characters face experiences both inherently strange and somehow completely familiar against a backdrop of breathtaking photorealistic animation. Doesn't this just sound like the best movie? It's yeah. great. It Beautiful. is a really good movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, I love it. I actually, I I had not seen it until Adam showed it to Yay. us. Same. This one was and, my pick. That's yes. right. Yeah. And I, I really love this I'm movie. I'm so glad you guys liked it. <laughs> yeah. So come travel with us to Tokyo or to the small town of Itamori, and we will try our best to remember... Your name. (laughs) (laughs) So this movie, Ariel and I, my wife, went to go see this in the theater the year it came out because we were like, oh, that looks kind of cool. Yeah. And they were doing some like special showings where we were and we just went for it. There weren't that many people in the theater, which means, because I I think it had already like come out and done its run, but they were just showing it anyway. Yeah. And we loved it. It was incredible. I was like... I don't get this way very often, but towards the end, no spoilers, but towards yeah. the end, I was like on the edge of my seat. Literally, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, what? come on, come on, yeah. come on. Like, come are on. you kidding me? Yes. So, yes. So we watched it with Adam. Adam showed it to us. Mm-hmm. And then this past like Friday, we, I watched the movie again uh-huh. yes. and we showed it to Jacob. Oh, nice. And Jacob told me we were in the car. <laughs> on the way home and he was like Robin that movie was a really good movie <laughs> but I just have to say if it was going to end badly I would not I was not going to talk to you oh. <laughs> yeah for the rest of the day I <laughs> swear to god if you made me watch a sad movie I was going to be so pissed oh my gosh See, that's, oh, man. Yeah. S- some anime fans out there would hate me for this, but I specifically avoid sad shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there are some out there that I know are sad. Yeah. And I'm like, nope. So for those of you who haven't seen this fantastic film, here is a summary for you. Taki and Mitsuha have never met. One of them lives in the thriving city of Tokyo, while the other resides in a tiny mountain town that doesn't even have a cafe. for goodness sake despite their distance these two teenagers seem to have something in common on random days of the week they wake up in each other's bodies what magic (laughs) because of this strange experience Taki and Mitsuha form an intense bond and when they attempt to meet each other in person their relationship becomes even more complicated yeah Oh, boy. Ooh, this movie will surprise you at every turn. There's yeah. lots of surprises in this movie. When, when I brought it to you guys, obviously having seen it, knowing the twists yeah. and all that stuff, right? I was like partially, I, every once in a while I looked over at you guys while we were watching and like, have they, have they gotten it? 
Do they know yet? Do they, do they know too early? Have they figured it out ahead of time? Because I'm going to be a little angry. Not, not really, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah. I, it's more fun when you like get the big reveal because you didn't like see it yeah. coming or yeah. at least. At least the one thing that I did not expect was the element of a natural disaster mm. being yeah. part of this movie. And yeah. I think that is something that was a big right. surprise. Right. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, I feel like, I, I I don't know if that's too much of a spoiler, but that's all I'll say about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, that was a, that was a mm-hmm. bit of a surprise. Yeah, it's, it, it's on the cover. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. So that's okay. Yeah. But I agree. When I first saw it, I wasn't ready for that level mm-hmm. of stuff either. Yeah. I think I was just enjoying the the story too mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. just, like, paying yeah. attention. Because it's so fun just watching them be... In each, each other's other. shoes. Yeah. 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 I, I, I do want to say real quick, this is just another point, but if mm-hmm. you guys, or anyone listening, if you guys have the chance to also watch it in Japanese, you uh, should, because okay. when, I had seen it in Japanese first and then watching it with you guys in English, yeah. I noticed that some of the jokes don't land in English. Uh, yeah. Only a couple. Yeah. Only a couple. But it would be worth maybe watching it in Japanese just to see. Yeah. Just kind of the little bit. Of a different take yeah. on some moments. There's one moment when Mitsuha is first in Taki's body uh, and at, she goes to lunch. school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're on the she's on the roof with his friends. Yes. And in Japanese, she starts her sentence with Watashi. Yes. Right? Which is mm-hmm. the feminine way feminine. of saying I. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where and they're like, What? What what? Yeah. What did she say? And he's she's like, oh, oh, Boku? She's like, Yeah. Which is what, you know, the male version. The male. Yeah. So in English, there, you know, we don't we have that. We didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. we didn't so get it's it. So that's one yes. example. So it's kind of funny how that works. And that I'm it sure is. that happens yeah. in- A couple scenes, probably. A couple scenes. Yeah. And then freaking, yeah. we, we mentioned it in our Studio Ghibli. Like, things yeah. have to be basically rewritten. Pretty much. Because, yes. because direct so, translations mm-hmm. are not going to work. Oh, all right. All right. Okay, are we ready to talk about the making of, guys? Yeah, let's, do it. let's, do, let's it. do it. So Makoto Shinkai is an animator, writer, and director. He's one of the most well-known creators of modern anime, having written and directed Your Name along with other incredible films. But when Shinkai began making films, reaching audiences across the world wasn't his intention. In fact, when he made one of his earliest films... Voices from a Distant Star, he only intended for a few people to see it. He never anticipated creating a film that would be viewed in different countries. Very interesting. Maybe that's why you don't take into account other languages, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Because of this, he believes, rather humbly, that anyone can make a successful animated movie. Yeah, he was like, I didn't, I never thought I would have a movie that's a su- successful. Mm-hmm. And so now I just kind of think anybody can do it. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> like, like, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but. <laughs> yeah, if you have the money and the passion, I guess. Yeah. Creativity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's very talented. Yes. Shinkai released his first short film in 1998, which showcased his unique art style and talent for visual storytelling. Ever since, Shinkai has incorporated a high level of realism in his films, which includes his use of photorealistic backdrops. This anime style resonates with audiences because it places the characters firmly in real-world surroundings, places that they live in and see every day. Mm-hmm. How rare is that for animation, you know? Yeah. Have we ever, have we ever watched a Disney movie... And felt like we could visit the places that are right, in the movie. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. pretty it's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't take place in real places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even if they do, the landmarks and things like that aren't yeah. they don't feel like yeah. a real place. You know, no. it doesn't feel like you can go and visit. Mm-hmm. They have two curved of lines. It's like, oh, that yeah. building wouldn't work in real life. Right. Or, it, it's you know <laughs> Yeah. It's a caricature of a yeah. place, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in the Studio Ghibli movies, right? Yeah. It's a caricature of Europe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But exactly. it's not an actual place in yeah. Europe. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you know, uh Oliver and Company takes place in New York City. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you feel mm-hmm. like, okay, I can go to New York City. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. see the Empire State Building. Yeah. I can see the Statue of Liberty. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, but in this movie, especially, and just like his movies in general, mm-hmm. it's not landmarks like the Empire State Building. Yeah. It's a shop mm-hmm. that actually exists mm-hmm. in Tokyo. It's, yeah. you know, a staircase. Yes. It's, you know, mm-hmm. things that are real places that you could go to that right. are not the most famous places in right. the world. You just stand at the right angle and you see the shot from the movie. Yeah. Right? And people have done this online. If you look at the right yes. posts, you can see them side by side. There are a lot that are like yeah, almost identical. Yeah. It's and beautiful. it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool to feel like, you know, the mm-hmm. movie is so grounded in a country and where yeah. you live and you can go yeah. there. With the exception of a couple of his films, like Children Who Chase Lost Voices, Makoto Shinkai tends to work in low science fiction and fantasy. This means that his films are grounded in reality, but feature supernatural and fantastical elements. Best kind. (laughs) Adam's a fan of low fantasy. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, man. It's like we picked all these things. It's a good, it's a perfect (laughs) theme for this month. Sprinkles of magic. I said it a couple times in the last episode. A world that's very similar to the one Mm -hmm. that we live in, but then there's like hints of magic, Mm -hmm. or magic's kind of like a surprise to some Mm -hmm. people. Right. It's almost like, at least in this movie, like, for example, the grandmother character, yeah. she's very deep rooted in tradition mm-hmm. and the spiritual side of Japanese culture and that yeah. kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? And when you dive deep enough into it in this world, you know, it's not just stories, it's not just yeah. uh, beliefs, yep. it's all kind of actually there. Yep. Yes. It's you know, just so, accepted. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's super cool. Yeah. Shinkai developed the story for your name while trying to meet a deadline to pitch a film to Toho, the legendary Japanese studio. Dude, they're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Toho, just all the time. During an interview, he explained that he creates stories for adolescents that are similar to the way he was as a younger person. This is how he approached the story for your name, even though the film didn't pull from any specific experience from Shinkai's teenage years. He said that he was very introspective, kind of like mm-hmm. he would go home from school and just look out the window and just, you Not know, just anything. like to think yeah. about stuff and mm-hmm. dream and imagine. I was kind of like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can make a successful animated film, Robin, yeah, right? Yeah, you know. Yep. I just need to learn how to animate. Yeah. <laughs> step yeah, one. That's a small part yeah, of the step equation, one, right? <laughs> squash and stretch. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Shinkai drew inspiration from a commercial that he animated in 2013, just before he began working on the screenplay for Your Name. The ad was for a test prep company called Zikai. It was two minutes long and centered around two teenagers, a boy in Tokyo and a girl on an island far from Tokyo. The pair had never met, but they both were working toward college entrance exams. Shinkai said, And I thought this story about two people who live in different places but may someday meet could be made into a longer film. This commercial was called Crossroad. We will link to it with English subtitles in the blog so you can see it. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. Dude, this this story of your name. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's, It's just like Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. It's oh, just yeah. a small town girl oh, yeah. living in a lonely, a lonely world, world. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. A city boy. <laughs> yeah. Not Roman quite in South, South, South Tokyo. Tokyo. South Tokyo, yeah. <laughs> Even though I think he might be like dead smack in the middle of Tokyo. Yeah, in yeah I think He's he in is. like yeah. downtown. He's in the thriving metropolis. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I would have had anxiety on the spot. Same. I'd put on the uniform, I'd step out and go, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I am going back to bed. Thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know what? It's it's kind of cool that they gave these characters not really opposite personalities mm-hmm. because, but, you know, not the same either because yeah. he is able to handle himself in Tokyo, but he's not like around town, hanging out, doing stuff, being, yeah. being yeah. a full-on city boy. But when she gets there, she was like already like, I want to go to Tokyo so bad. <laughs> so when she's there, she's like, 
I'm a tourist almost. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Spends all of his money on. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, their personalities are more for the other places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, really, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's, yeah, it's it's cool. So they're not opposites of each other, but they work in their opposite living spaces. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's very clever. It took him about two weeks to develop the story pitch, which was eventually accepted, as you know, or else we wouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> That was it. All of them were rejected. All of them. <laughs> yep, all of them. His idea from the first draft was to create a complex story about the connection between people that have never met. Shinkai himself believes people that know each other solely online can be just as close, if not closer, as people that know each other in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those experiences that he was drawing on. I think it's true, you know. Yeah. Yeah, especially nowadays. I mean, people mm-hmm. talk about meeting somebody on like Xbox Live or something. Yeah. And just knowing their gamer tag and finally meeting up yeah. in real life or something like that. It it happens a lot. And they they even did it back before then, you know, pen pals. Yeah. You, know, pe- exactly. you could have a pen pal and you could get to know somebody yeah. super well just through letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that same kind of thing? Right. Most of Shinkai's work up until this point was more melancholic, and even though he did not intentionally make your name more upbeat and comedic, it turned out that way due to the nature of the story. Throughout the writing process, Shinkai had several influences, most notably the short story called The Safe Deposit Box by Australian writer Greg Egan. Another inspiration was a short story by Haruki Murakami called On Seeing the 100% Perfect Girl One Beautiful April Morning. (laughs) That's a beautiful name. <laughs> this is the best title ever. I like that a lot. <laughs> wonder if that, that name is longer than the actual uh, story. <laughs> Hilarious. Probably. In terms of directing, Shinkai credits the popular American TV series Breaking Bad as one of his influences as well. What? Wow, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say it has much to do with this movie. <laughs> like, this didn't give you Breaking Bad vibes? <laughs> I can't say it did. While working on production, he would watch the show on repeat because he was taken with the artistic style. Breaking Bad is known for its use of classic creative devices and visual storytelling and unique angles. And it's not a huge stretch to see that this may have affected the framing and imagery in your name. Mm, Absolutely. I see. So, okay, yeah. maybe yeah. I haven't seen enough Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. So Breaking Bad, I was in, at the time when it came out, I was in school <laughs> yeah. for this kind of stuff. So it was a big deal among the visual communication nerds. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say it was one of the pillars that kind of start kickstarted streaming. Yeah. It wasn't a Netflix original, but yep. it was on Netflix. Once it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the reasons, though, that I loved it so much was because they would use at, like really strange angles. Mm-hmm. They consistently use yeah. things like dominant foreground and contributing background. I they... was about to say, I think you actually explained that yeah. to me by using Breaking Bad. Yeah. You were you... like, remember this shot? <laughs> yeah, from Breaking Bad. You literally could pause like an episode at any time and like, there. I mean, everything was framed so well. Yeah. So I totally get what he's saying. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in this movie, in your name, you see things from different angles and different perspectives. You know, like one that stands out to me a lot is the... When he's showing them go through doors, he the angle that we're seeing the door open and close is from the side. It's a sliding door. We see it come toward us and away from us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And regularly, we would just see it go from left to right mm-hmm. yes. or right to left on the screen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that angle, it tells yeah. a different story. There's mm-hmm. a lot more symbolism. Mm-hmm. There's a whole, a whole other reason yeah. why you would do it from a different angle. Yeah. And so, yeah. Literally splitting the screen in two. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Lighting is an incredibly important part of Shinkai's animation. And he goes back to add lighting effects to every frame when needed. The light and background imagery reflect the emotions of the characters and what's happening in the story. That is very, very noticeable in, in this movie. You think about other really popular anime movies, right? And how... They're beautiful still, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. the textures, I guess, are a lot more flat. Each mm-hmm. individual color in the drawn images are a little bit more flat. Yeah, mm-hmm. the they rely a lot on the color palette to make it pop, and it's and they do a great job. Studio Ghibli yeah. is a master at it, right? But the lighting in these movies is like, I don't know, it's like 
describe it as shiny, sparkly. So it's beautiful. It's, yeah. It's yeah. As we were watching it, it's one of the things that that stood out to me, especially there was a very particular scene that I just was mesmerized by the light. And it was when it was uh, Mitsuha and she was talking to her friends and they were under a tree and the light coming through the leaves and the tree and shining on their faces and their hair yeah. and things like, and their mm-hmm. clothes. I was like, oh my gosh, like that is beautiful the way the light's just like cascading yeah. on them. Yeah, it's not really something you would think about needing for animation. No. Yeah. It's like they're either in the shade or they're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in this, I mean, light bleeds through the trees, yeah. so they it's there and yeah. it's amazing. This is just one of the many visual themes throughout your name. Another frequent visual metaphor is the use of lines in the film. There is often a line that separates the screen. Whether that line is the path of a sliding door or the railing of a staircase, Shinkai also uses the same device to connect the main characters. While they are clearly separated, the imagery of the red cord holds them together. Yes. Yeah. It's a part at the very beginning <laughs> that you don't think has much. You know, it doesn't right. seem like a lot at the start, yeah. but throughout, you're like, "Oh no, that was everything." Yes, that was really important. <laughs> that yeah. that that. First thing, yes, meant all of it. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The red cord is a big part of the movie. It seems to be like a piece of Mitsuha's just like cultural experience. Mm-hmm. You know, her family yeah. makes the red makes the cords. And that scene of them making it with the big like loom yes. machine and all the threads, and it's like mm-hmm. really intricate. And it's like, yeah. dang, yeah. that looks so difficult. I know. Yes. <laughs> Listen to the threads' voice. When you twine it round and round like this, feelings will start flowing between you and the thread. Mm, it's not like threads talk. She's telling you to focus. Etched within our braided cords is a thousand years worth of Itamori's history. Shinkai expertly utilizes other creative devices, like framing, leading lines, negative space, and depth of field. When the film shows the up-close and intricate weavings of the cord, the one we just talked about, The animation simulates the line of focus from a camera, even though the film is animated. It's beautiful. I mean, you have to see it. These kinds of things you have to look at. Which you recognize. When you see the movie, it's like, yes, I have seen that Mm -hmm. before. Because cameras do that. Yeah. And you've seen that millions of times. You don't think that much of it. But then you're like, hold on. This wasn't filmed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was drawn exactly. Yeah. So somebody drew that. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody drew a like. Yeah. You know, they made purposely made other things fuzzy, and mm-hmm. then there was a line of things mm-hmm. that were sharp, and then that sharp line moves across the screen, and it's like, yeah, yeah, that's really hard to do. Yep. Yeah, and to do it so smoothly and realistically mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of some of the influence they had when animating. The Last Airbender. Yes. Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yes. They've talked about it in, in interviews and such, how they went in wanting it to feel cinematic. Yeah. Right? yeah. They wanted to use camera lenses, quote unquote, mm-hmm. on their animation. And <laughs> animators were like, what are you talking I... about? Yes. <laughs> but they pulled it off. Yeah. Same thing with this. They, they went the extra mile to pull it off to make it feel cinematic, despite it being hand-drawn. Yeah. And that's so cool. Matt Alt in The New Yorker praised the film's success and said, Although it was produced entirely on computers, like nearly all modern anime, Shinkai and his team seem to have synthesized the best parts of both worlds. The characters emote with a warmth reminiscent of traditional hand-drawn animation. Yes, if you've ever seen a, an entirely CG anime, it's way different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily bad. Depends on your own tastes or whatever, but it's very different. So this one, keeping that really warm and and classic feel, Mm -hmm. at the very least, is like super bonus points. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Throughout the article, he discusses how the film shows the mundane in an exquisite way. As you look at the images behind the characters, you see that they are so well designed that they seem to be romanticized. So these are not, these backdrops, like I said, they're not, they're not like really famous buildings. They're not really, you know, think like no. big landmarks. Yeah. They're, you know, staircase, 
Yep. Um, you know, with yeah. just wires, like telephone yeah. wires everywhere. Yep. A bridge, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, with a train in the background. Like these are things that you see all the time, mm-hmm. but he animates them in such a way that they seem fantastic. Yes. Sparkly, beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I want to walk up it, those yeah. steps. <laughs> it's, it's the ultimate... I want to go to Tokyo now. Yeah. Style. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because it makes it, it doesn't matter where you go, mm-hmm. you're going to find beauty. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really cool to be able to capture that. Yeah. And I feel like when she, when Mitsuha is in Tokyo, it's it's still even prettier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Than when it's just him, when it's, in, when it's talking, Point. because it's like Tokyo is whatever to him. Yeah. yeah. But to her, it's like, Oh I mean, God. the it's... ultimate experience. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's yeah, a... that's true. I never thought about that. That's, yeah. yeah. Makoto Shinkai credits his team of animators for making the film the success that it was. In order to clue in the audience as to what's happening, the body switching aspect of the film had to be obvious. When Mitsuha is in Taki's body, we can see that his posture and actions are different. His pupils were animated to be larger, and his shoulders were more narrow. Even if the audience doesn't realize these physical differences, it still helps them understand when the characters are in each other's bodies and when they are not. Mm-hmm. I-, I think it's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. They act so entirely different. And, yeah. And then mm-hmm. the friends reference it when they're back to normal. Like, man, yesterday you were you freaking were weird. You were so <laughs> odd. Yeah. yeah. What was yeah. going on with you? Yeah. yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Shinkai and his team spent two years creating your name. As a director, he felt like the most difficult part of his job was communicating with the animators. He has to look at the film as a composite, but the animators each have their own pieces that they created. Piecing it all together and deciding what will be cut can be very challenging. His favorite part, however, was intertwining the animation and the film's score. He, he talked about how... He understands why the animators would kind of obsess about Mm -hmm. a certain scene or a certain frame that they were Mm -hmm. doing because he's like, they want to make it perfect. They want to do that. And he he had to kind of be the one to be like, no, it's good. Stop. (laughs) Stop. Move on, please. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to make it perfect, perfect, perfect. Like, you know, like there's a point. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so funny because we look at it now and yeah. it looks perfect. It looks so perfect. <laughs> it looks so beautiful that you can't, there's just nothing yeah. wrong about it. No. But somebody who worked on it or who is incredibly detail oriented mm-hmm. maybe might notice something, but just watching it as a full film, yeah, it's beautiful. Myself, I do this sometimes with, yeah. the, with the episode art. You just keep working on it. It's like, oh, one more thing. One yes. More thing, one more thing. thing. Yeah. But you got to stop eventually. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Especially because he mentioned it all has to flow together. And if you right, work too right. much on one piece, it's not going to match all the other yeah, pieces. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah. Music is an essential part of Shinkai's animation process. Some fans describe his style as the rhythm of sound. He uses music as a base for the movement and speech of his characters. There are four theme songs in your name, setting a certain tempo for the film that even the characters' monologues seem to follow. I like to imagine <laughs> that he just describes his movies like that. He's like, yeah, he's, he's like, you know, some people say <laughs> that, and you can it's, say it too. It's like the rhythm of sound. I mean, you can say that. Don't go. Don't don't be afraid to take that from me. If you. Yeah, you write that's that down. I tell people. You know, yeah. <laughs> it just sounds so cool. It's just like, it sounds like something he like made yeah, up. And yeah. he's just like, yeah. some call people me. call me a space cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> the music for the film was composed by the Japanese rock group Radwimps. They also recorded English versions of every song in the film for the English dub. Yeah. You know what? So cool. That is awesome because- It's really nice. You know it's- Exactly yeah. how you want it because it's, it's the solid. same. It's the same ones. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Yasuki, their bass guitarist, explained in a Forbes article: Makoto Shinkai was a fan of Radwimps, so he recommended <laughs> us as soon as the production of Your Name was confirmed. It's such an honor. Aww, oh, that's awesome. That's cute. He's yeah. probably geeking out the whole time. Yeah, because they were like a lesser known. Group. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not anymore. But yeah, nope. It took about a year and a half to finish the score. 
Shinkai listened to the music over and over, storyboarding ideas for the film. When the music didn't fit the story, the Radwimps would make changes to the songs. The band didn't see the animation until the film was in its final stages. Wow, mm. that must be tough. Yeah. yeah. Would be. But it's kind of cool because it's not your normal like score that reacts to yeah, moments. I, you know what I mean? I agree. Like, like a grand cinematic score. If we take another popular animated movie like Lion King or something, the yeah. score is written to moments. Yes. Right? The scene, the, the music changes mm -hmm. right as the scene changes. Somebody's yeah. expression might have a musical sting tied to it. Yeah. That kind of thing. But this mo movie like this doesn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think they, they could have gotten away with silence, too, because we yeah, talked yeah. about how American audiences or, I guess, Western audiences super uncomfortable. don't like yeah. silence in their movies. But, hey, I, I'm cool with it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the way they do the music in this movie because it's like you kind of get the beginning of the movie. Yes. You're kind of clued in now. Okay, this is what I'm in for. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening. Switching bodies. And then they play a song. And you're seeing the characters doing things, yes, while the song is happening, yeah. and it feels like it's the theme song to a TV show. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely does. It has that kind of feeling to it, <laughs> and I love it. It's yeah. just like you know, and here is the movie, folks. Here is what mm -hmm. you're gonna see. Yep. Here we're doing. Yeah. We got some hijinks going on, Bam. some crazy yeah. stuff, you know, yeah. some laughs, some cries. We'll it's, see. It's you know, like you're waiting for somebody to turn and face the camera. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. like, the, and their, na their name, yeah, their name up. comes and their up, name pop up, up yeah. and then yeah, and they just kind of fold their yeah. arms yeah. together or something. Somebody should make that with these characters. That'd be fun. Yohiro, their guitarist in the Forbes article, said of writing the music for the film, We talked with the director and the producer more times than I can even remember. The songwriting process was moving forward at the same time with the animation, so it influenced each other. The music changed the story, the lines, and if the new scene was created, we changed the music. It was a creative process. The two main characters were very attractive, so I concentrated on them how and when their feelings moved. We weren't able to see the actual animation until it was all finished, so we focused on the script and director's words and just kept imagining. All right, so now we've got some fun facts for you. Yay! Yay. We don't always have these little fun facts no. sections, but when we do, there are lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> they're the so fun. Yeah. Yes. There may be a few spoilers in our fun <laughs> facts, so just be aware. Yeah. Yeah. The comet in the movie that hits the town of Itamori was named Tiamat. Tiamat has a mythological background. The ancient Mesopotamian goddess was known for chaos, which fits the role of the comet perfectly. Yeah. One of the things that happens in this movie is there is a natural disaster. Right. And it is this yeah. comet. As the, as the movie goes on, you'll hear the name of the comet a lot. You'll see yeah. the imagery of it. The imagery's on the cover of the movie. Yes. It's, it's a very big part. <laughs> right. The town, which is fictional, is named Itamori. In Japanese, Ito means thread, and Mori means forest. Ooh. Yeah. Very so cool. going back to the cords and the mm -hmm. thread that's so prevalent in the story mm -hmm. uh, where they're located. And then the fact that the whole town is kind of surrounded by this forest. The forest yeah. is en encapsulating yeah. them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Right. It's cool. like right on the edge of the lake. Yeah. And even the lake is surrounded by surrounded. a forest. It's so mm -hmm. kind of out of yeah. the way that people mm -hmm. didn't even remember it. The names of Mitsuha and her family all connect. Her grandmother's name means Leaf One, Mitsuha means Leaf Three, and her sister's name means Leaf Four. Yeah. yeah. How cute is that? Yeah, yeah they're all leaves yeah. on the yeah. same family tree. tree. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh. And I believe the mother's then was Would be leaf, leaf two. two. Yeah. yeah. And you were talking about there's a scene where the leaves are falling into the water. Yes. Yeah. When the family is going to put the sake at the, the altar kind of the shrine, know, shrine yeah. area. The grandmother is talking about the connection and and how everything is connected and and all that. Then there's this very vivid imagery that I remembered where 
they show leaves falling off of a tree and they go and they fall into this water and the leaf creates this ripple effect that touches all the other leaves that are all have also already fallen. Yeah. And like that is such oh, great imagery. And then the fact that you learn that these names are, yeah. are leaves. It's oh my gosh, it's yeah. perfect. That's so cool. The film was so popular that a light novelization of the movie was released the same year by Shinkai. Yeah, which I kinda cool. want to read now. Yeah, actually that's a great yeah. idea. Makoto Shinkai used metaphors and foreshadowing throughout the film. In one scene, Mitsuha's teacher is giving a lesson about Twilight and Magic Hour. This represents Taki and Mitsuha and how they, just like the day and night, will never meet, except during Twilight. Later in the film, Taki and Mitsuha manage to see each other for a few brief moments as the day becomes night. The teacher in this scene is actually a character from Shinkai's 2013 film, The Garden of Words. Yeah. That's so cool. a nice Easter egg. Yeah. I, this was something I noticed upon second viewing <laughs> when they're in the classroom and the teacher yeah. is talking and she says, oh, yes, it's called Magic Hour. Are there other names for it? Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. Twilight. Yeah. And she's talking about that. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Because, yeah, they they are like the day and the night, right? Yes. They can't ever meet. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, except there's like one point very briefly, and then, you know. Yep. It's over, yep. That's yep. it. That's, that's all. It's all, folks. Again, yep. beautiful imagery and symbolism yeah. mm-hmm. used to just create, like, it, it, it's this weird metaphorical kind of idea, but it's used to kind of create the rules of what's happening. Yeah. And that's, yep. that's pretty awesome. Shinkai also included other characters from the Garden of Words into your name. Also, Mitsuha and Taki make short appearances as adults in Shinkai's recent movie titled Weathering With You. Yay! Another fantastic film. Yes! (laughs) As you can probably guess, this movie uh, got some awards. Yeah, and it deserved them. Oh, it sure did. Best Original Score at the Asian Film Critics Awards, Best Music Score and Most Popular Film from Awards of the Japanese Academy. Cool. Which is like an Oscar, basically, which is great. Some behind-the-scenes voice actors awards for Best Female Vocal Performances and Vocal Ensemble in an Anime Feature Film, a Blue Ribbon Award, Crunchyroll Anime Award for Best Film, and more. Yeah, that sounds amazing. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about how this movie was received. Shinkai, when asked how he felt the movie was received in the West compared to Japan, expressed that he could not know for certain. He pointed out the fact that even though the film had been translated for English-speaking audiences, there was still a language barrier. He gave an example, saying that in Japanese, there are different pronouns that girls and boys use. Aha! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boys will use ore or boku, and girls will use watashi. This can be identified in the scene when Mitsuha is having lunch. <laughs> when Mitsuha is having lunch with Taki's friends and has to keep correcting how she refers to herself. In English, it doesn't sound like Mitsuha, as Taki, is misgendering themselves. But in Japanese, the correction needs to be made, or Taki's friends would be confused. This yeah. is the exact scene I brought up. Yes. And it's and it's true. So I'm mm-hmm. see, even he knew that was gonna happen. Yep. Yeah. So it's definitely something worth watching the Japanese version for. Mm -hmm. And Shinkai talked about, because he watched the actors perform these roles when when they were reading them. And he said that when the woman that played Mitsuha was Taki, being Taki, she like you know she widened her stance she you know <laughs> she puffed out her chest and yeah. and and did that kind of stuff and then oh. when he was in her body he kind of like scrunched his shoulders down yeah. a little bit and kind oh, of like yeah. you know crossed his legs and stuff and and just did more you know of the common feminine kind of things yep. to kind of get into that kind of a role so 
It's he thought cool. it was really neat that's, that's seeing awesome. them do that just naturally, just yeah. mm-hmm. doing the roles. <laughs> yes, voice actors are actors. Exactly. Because of the body-switching aspect of the film, audiences noticed the theme of gender tropes, stereotypes, and identity. When Taki and Mitsuha switch places, the physical difficulty of being in the body of the opposite sex is only brought up early on. It's really quick, you know? Yeah. She's kind of like, I don't want to... I don't want to pee. Yeah. You yeah. know, like yeah. more things like that. Yeah. yeah. Things like that. Just just the very physical mm-hmm. on the surface element of having different genitalia, you know, yeah. and kind of being like, what are boobies? Oh, this is what they feel like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh <my> <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, the age makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're teenagers. I, it's, yes. It's, it's <laughs> probably come across their mind. Yeah. 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 I mean, and yeah, exactly. They generally settle into each other's bodies fairly quickly, which gives off the impression that, that their gender is more fluid than binary. But the people around them comment on the noticeable difference. Taki's friend thinks he is acting cute, and his coworker develops a crush on him after noticing his feminine side. Yeah, that, that's a part that I never really remember, but every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, yes. That's so interesting, it's a, isn't it? It's crazy how some people might like it more, and then when it's mm-hmm. when the switching stops. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how quickly these two characters adjust mm-hmm. and don't have, you know, they're not having this, like, yeah. deep difficulty being in the body of the opposite gender right yeah and and that is something that some people watched and identified with and then there's this like it's just this little funny thing that they don't really touch on a lot his friend was like actually he's kind of cute today like (laughs) and his other friend's like what the seriously you know like what really and it's just like it it was he's just now he's just attracted to (laughs) the way he's acting yeah and not who he is physically right yeah yeah, and it's easy to see that because these two characters, even though they're in the opposite sex, they mm-hmm. don't change their own personality. Mm-mm. No, they don't hide it. Right? No. They both act like each other. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe a little bit different because right. they kind of have to hide <laughs> they what's to fit ha- in. Yeah, <laughs> they can't be like, oh yeah, I'm a girl in this guy's body right I'm now. I'm gonna go uh, into the girl's bathroom. Guess what? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. They, they kind of have to play along a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah. But it, like Mitsuha, for example, is. I mean, she her personality mm-hmm. shines through so much mm-hmm. yeah. that a coworker of Taki's completely changes her mm-hmm. her perspective right. of him. So they're not hiding anything that defines yeah. who they are. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I think there's also a, a scene where they Mitsuha is like I did what and it was like because <laughs> Taki in her body had like gotten into a fight or done something yeah. like more confrontational than what she what would she normally done. do exactly <laughs> yeah it's it's really interesting so yeah a lot of people did notice that and kind of latched onto that you know some mm-hmm. critics said you know well in Japanese anime that's been a thing for a long time that's oh, yeah. not that's yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. you know so but to us it's kind of like oh all right. Yeah. I, 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 you'd be hard pressed to find a popular anime show that doesn't have at least one or two characters that fit this kind yeah. of thing. Like, yeah. there are a lot of times, like, in one off the top of my head is a popular one JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Have you guys oh, heard of this one? Oh, I have. Yeah. There are these super, like, comically over the top masculine men who are just like, wow, you yeah. know, muscles everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, they're like super fashionable yeah. and they are yeah. like glamorous, right? Mm-hmm. So they have these huge muscles and they're very masculine, but at the same time, they have a lot of stereo- stereotypically feminine qualities. Yeah, so. but they're very confident in who they exactly, are. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's the whole show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And anime has like you said, it's been doing that for a very long time. This mm-hmm. is a pretty long-running show, and I mean, yeah. it was a manga before that, so mm-hmm. it was like, you know, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the films of Studio Ghibli, your name also made a major impact on Western audiences. The film introduced a whole new group of people to anime and opened the door for it to become more accessible in Western countries. Due to Shinkai's photorealistic animation style, the locations in your name essentially became viral, with fans all over the world visiting the iconic steps where the couple meets at the end of the film. 
That's awesome. Yeah. And it, on those steps, there is a map to other locations featured in the movie. Oh, oh so cool. They knew. They're yeah. Like, mm. Yeah. yeah. All, all these people coming here taking selfies. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> At an estimated budget of just under, hold your breath, yeah. $3 million. <laughs> what? According to IMDb, the film made an impressive $358 million worldwide. It's one of the most successful Japanese films of all time. Holy mackerel. Wow. It's unbelievable. Yeah. million. Look, here's the deal. <laughs> Okay, none of us ain't ever seen yeah. three million million dollars. Okay, <laughs> it's impossible money mm-hmm. for us. However, in movie world, three million dollars is not yeah. a, like a lot penny. of money. Dude, you pay one actor for like half, yeah, of their shooting time, yeah, for yeah. three million. Yeah, three million dollars yeah. is it's not that much. No, in terms of the way the budget for films now mm-hmm. like because you know animated movies like we've been talking about this for months now right animated yeah. movies the secret of nim came out in the yeah. early 1980s and that movie was like what would they say seven million yeah, something like that between yeah. seven and ten yeah. yeah yeah three million dollars guys yeah 2016 for that's the music for the actors for the animation yeah for everything unbelievable yeah. unbelievable and then making 358 million that's what? that's <laughs> nearly half a billion dollars just to, like i mean yeah there haven't been that many movies to break yeah. a billion yeah honestly yeah. this is i mean wow that's I, I think it made its budget back. I, I think, think it did. I think yeah. it did. <laughs> the film was so popular that J.J. Abrams and Mark Webb are making a live-action English language adaptation of the story. No, bad J.J. <laughs> bad. I like J.J. Abrams most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you stay away from this movie. What do they feel like they're going to do? I don't know. Yeah. All I know is that it the the city boy will be from Chicago. Yeah. <sighs> I know that, yeah. and that she will be of an indigenous nation, but I don't know which one. Yeah. What, what really makes me upset the most out of this news is, one, it is being made solely to ride the coattails of this movie. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind, because they're not going to look at this and say, we're going to take this idea and make it better. No. They're saying, we're no. going to just do that because we know it's going to make money. Yeah. And we're just going to do it because people know that blah, blah, blah. They're riding the coattails of this fantastic movie. Yeah. And the yeah. other part of it, why don't you just take these ideas mm-hmm. and make a new movie? Yeah. yeah. Make something entirely new mm-hmm. and tie in some of these cultural aspects that you want to touch on. Sure, you could have some body swap and stuff if you want. It's not yeah. the first, this isn't the first movie to do it. Mm-mm. I don't care. But you're going to copy this movie, yeah. essentially. And that is poo poo. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. let's not end on such a sour note, uh, shall we? No, yeah. no, no we're no. not going to do yes. that. Do you guys have any final thoughts of this movie, this gorgeous film? If you haven't seen this movie, you should watch it. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely beautiful. There's parts of it that make me cry. It's <laughs> so sweet. You know, you have this in very intense, passionate love between these two people that hardly know each other. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't know each other that well no but it's so sincere and sweet and beautiful and it's just it's a very sweet love story Mm -hmm. and the visuals are just breathtaking um the nice music i mean it's just a it's it's a surprise there's lots of surprises in it there's twists yeah it's got some sci-fi fantasy elements in it which i love (laughs) i i anytime you add that stuff to to Mm -hmm. my movie i'm like yes yes please (laughs) i want that Mm -hmm. yes and it's it's such a sweet movie it it really is it's funny and funny, yeah. yeah. It, it hits so many good notes. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, funny, heartwarming. Just the whole, runs the gamut of greatness. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just does. And you should really do yourself the favor of seeing it um, wherever you can. Unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere at the moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe soon it will be. But it's worth the money. I, w- I, yes. I brought the Blu-ray yeah. as soon as I could. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So Also, support your local library. Yes. Right, if they have a copy, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And if they don't, you know, maybe they'll add it to their collection. That's right. If you, yeah. if ask you, for it. Yeah, <laughs> if you ask them enough times, mm-hmm. maybe they'll they'll get it. Yeah. 
Your Name is one of the most beautiful films we have ever seen. Every frame of animation matches the complex beauty of an intricate love story. From start to finish, Mikado Shinkai takes the audience on an incredible journey with a story that is equally unique and fascinating. But the film doesn't just succeed in its fantastical elements. It portrays the relationship between two adolescents and how they each help each other grow and become better versions of themselves. Taki and Mitsuha's relationship begins with an annoyance that evolves into respect. That respect matures into friendship and eventually love. That's a part of this movie that is really special, I think. Yeah. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just about the fantastic stuff and the supernatural or whatever it is, what have you, that's going on. Mm-hmm. It's just a very genuine, real, healthy relationship. Because mm-hmm. that's what it is. They yeah. respect each other, they love each other, and they teach each other to be better people mm-hmm. by being in their own bodies and then seeing, you know, <laughs> yeah. having to clean up each other's messes the next day. Right. And that kind of thing. And it's it's really cool how this very unique experience had them grow together. Whether you are a fan of anime or not, your name is definitely worth a watch. It's a film that resonates with everyone who has ever felt an unending and unbreakable connection to another person. One thing is certain. It's the kind of movie that you will never forget. Yeah. There you have it. <sighs> that is going to be another anime case closed. Before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons. Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, JD, Anthony, Shelly, Linda, Bob, and Jaren. Thank you. You guys are all fantastic. You keep the show afloat. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yes. You really do. Yeah, you do. We really appreciate you guys. You can now buy us a popcorn at buymeacoffee.com slash blackcasediary. And thank you to all who support us, whether it be through listening, telling a friend, or donating. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. We are almost at 50 ratings on iTunes. So if you want to pop over there, we'd appreciate it if you leave us a... Please, that would be so nice. Um, If you feel up to it, we'd love a review. We'd appreciate that very much. But if you want to just leave us a star rating, that's also very nice of you. You can do that on Apple or Spotify or wherever you can find a place to talk about us. We appreciate it. Yeah. You can also go visit blackcasediaries.com to get all of this stuff. The blog post will be there with all the extras that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. And coming soon, maybe maybe the return of no small parts. That's right. (gasps) We don't know yet. We might we might be announcing a release date soon. Oh, if if you guys haven't uh, listened to no small parts, get over there. Head on over to blackhaystars.com. It has its own page where you can listen to every episode right there. Yeah, they only take ten to fifteen minutes. They're yeah, they're wonderful. All right, that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hold on. (gasps) What's your name? Mitsuha. My name is Mitsuha.